When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. It's time once again for the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. It's episode six, middle infielders, shortstop, and second base. Today, your hosts, as always, are Christopher Deary and Michael Gobier. Take it away, boys! Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Hey, it's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast. We are live on Twitter and on the air from Ann Arbor, Michigan during a snowstorm. School's closed tomorrow, but we're open for business. It's podcast time, episode six. Welcome very much to Welcome Very Much. Welcome to the show, Deary. How you doing this evening? You're the co-host. What's happening? Yeah, it's good to be back. I was. Uh, you guys missed me last week. You did a short one on your own, but uh, I'm excited to be back. Yeah, there's some snow outside in late February. Uh, spring training has begun, and uh, ready to talk some ball. That sounds like fun. We could do that. I love baseball. You like baseball. Everybody out here loves baseball. It's good times, Gargamons. It's episode six. We're going to talk about second base and shortstop today. The middle infield, right up the middle. It's the heart of the defense. You throw in that in with catcher in center field. That's where the magic happens when you have your nine on the diamond. I always believe the best players play up the middle. Well, that's a common... That's pretty fair to say that's always been the case, right? Shortstop, usually the best athlete on the field. People come up as shortstops <laughs> and they eventually make their way over to other positions when they become less athletic, right? You know, I was a shortstop in high school and I was not the most athletic in that infield. Well, but you really? No. So that's well, not I, true. I played the wrong position. Oh, okay. I thought that shortstops were generally the best athlete on the field. You know, Manny Machado was a shortstop. He moves to third. Cal Ripken played shortstop his entire career, pretty much. Played a little third later on. But shortstops are usually the cream of the crop. Wander Franco's a shortstop. Oh, bye. People love Wander. But anyways, it's uh, Thursday. Wednesday? What day is this? It's Wednesday. Yeah, it's it Wednesday is. afternoon. I'm it's, confused, too. It's Wednesday afternoon, early evening. Welcome to the show. I'd like to give a big shout-out to all of people who have added us on Twitter. Thank you so much for following. We've had more followers join us with the explosion of the TGFBI getting underway. For those of you that do not know, it's the Great Fantasy Baseball Invitational. 
which pits industry analysts versus some non-industry analysts or up-and-comers. Mostly it's people who are analyzing fantasy baseball or really good players. Over 390 contestants. We are in day... The draft started on Tuesday. Monday? <laughs> the longest draft ever. This is I mean, so, so confusing. It's so confusing to me. It's crazy. I, I honestly have never been a part of a slow draft till now. And now <laughs> I'm a part of two of them because I'm doing the TGFBI, which in our league is League 25. Shout out League 25. What's so crazy to me is by the time you get to the end of the draft, how many injuries will have happened to guys that are like about to be drafted or just got drafted? That's what seems seems, seems wild to me. Well, the thing is, Stanton was drafted, and he got injured, right? Today, the injury came out that his calf is strained, and he might not be ready till opening day. And Correct. someone in League 25 had already drafted him oh, man. in the fourth round. We're in the you know in the early fifties, which you is make a tra- can you make trades now? Like no. as they're still drafting? No trades, no transactions between teams. What you got is what you got. <laughs> there are gonna be fab bids, so there will be some waivers that will run. Yeah. But once you draft who you have, you're kinda stuck with them. So uh that's a bummer for whoever drafted him in our league, number twenty five, but there's twenty six leagues overall. And then the overall winner is the grand champion. Last year's grand champion was Todd Zola who is a, apparently a legendary figure in the fantasy baseball world. Really good player. Does he own Cafe Zola from downtown Ann Arbor? He does. Maybe he's connected <laughs> to him. it somehow. He lives in Ann Arbor. If he lives in Ann Arbor, we got to get him on the pod. That'd be great. Todd Zola, if you're in Ann Arbor, hit us up. So thank you, Deborah. Well, we have Chris Towers from CBS Baseball. He's following us now. So thank you, Chris. We were talking about Nirvana last night on Twitter, and he followed us, so that was cool. Cool. I think it was because I was talking about posers in the 90s during the grunge era. You remember what it was like, Deary, right? Yeah, we're the same age. (laughs) I was there. It was tough. You didn't want to be a poser. Don't be a poser, yeah. Um, I mean, what constitutes a poser in, let's say, 92, 93, when we're in middle school? Exactly. Hmm. It wasn't easy. I mean, you're wearing your flannel... You know, and you're listening to your Nirvana, your Nine Inch Nails, your Alice in Chains, all that stuff, Pearl Jam. And you got to make sure that you're not faking it. It's got to be authentic. Yeah, I never, I think that was the reason I didn't own any, like, uh, pair of Vans. Because, uh, <laughs> like, everyone else was wearing them, or, like, cons, and I was just like, no, you know, I got my, you know, my Nike flights or my Air Forces. <laughs> Ooh, wow. It's tough to like sports and be in the grunge world. That was not a common connection. You had to, that's a scary place to be if you like sports. You didn't, you didn't talk about it with grunge people. It wasn't cool. Well, I, I was kind of lucky because I went up to a pretty small private school in middle school, so we all listened to the same music. You know, there's like you know, 15 kids on our basketball team or whatever. I remember we had like opening, like our, our warm-up songs was all of uh, Pearl Jam's Vitality album. Awesome. Yeah, so that was pretty sweet. Not the best Pearl Jam, but definitely a great album. Yeah. Probably underrated Vitalogy it is. I love Vitalogy. Well, probably, it's a- uh, probably my third favorite. Well, it's not Yield. Yield got ripped on more, but Vitalogy is not as good as Yield now that I think about it. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. Yeah, I'm on board with that. But Versus is the best. Hmm. Yeah, Versus is great, and it's 10 so is good. classic. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. It gets It's just too complicated. Sure. By the way, people don't know Deary's like the biggest Pearl Jam fan. <laughs> so if you have any Pearl Jam questions, yeah, I got problems. you can send them in to the Palazzo Podcast and Twitter. We're at Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. Or send us an email, ProtonMail, palazzopodcast at protonmail.com, two L's, two Z's. Very easy. So who else we got for followers? You got some, any, any, any other uh, new followers? Uh, yeah, we got Nathan Dockin from the Nasty Cast, which is an excellent 
podcast. They have dynasty information. They have all kinds of stuff. It's run off of a. It's based around the fan tracks world. So Nathan Dawkins, a new follower, thanks for being a part of our community, and we're glad to follow your show. Nasty Cast is. It's funny. They do funny stuff, but they also have tons of great, really deep fantasy info. And, of course, uh, Zach Braff is a guy that's in our League 25. So, shout out League 25 in the TGFBI. And he's also part of the Bases Loaded podcast with Mike Curlin and those folks. So, I got to know him a little bit this week. He's a good guy. We had some good commentary about how slow the draft was. Which, will it be done before opening day? (laughs) I hope so. I really hope so. It's February 26th, so we're hoping it'll be done at some point. But we got a month. The guy who had the second pick in our draft. Okay, so it's the second overall pick, right? Yeah, I haven't heard much about like what who you picked. I mean, we're not kind of doing this uh, together, but you're kind of on your own. But I'd like to get some analysis and uh, let me know some of these uh, early picks because I'm not, I'm unaware of what has happened so far. Oh, we'll do that for sure. But the thing that's funny about this is this guy who had the second pick. It's pretty obvious if you don't have the first pick or second pick, there's two, three guys max, right? You're not you're not really waffling over ten players. Correct. So Acuna went one. Trout did not go two, is what you're telling me? Yeah, so he took Trout two, but he wasn't there to draft. He was at work, and he was um, he couldn't get on the internet on his work computer, and he doesn't have data on his phone. Oh, no. Which I... What? Yeah, I, I was surprised. I don't How's know. he going to be able to run his team? He might have worked in like <laughs> he a can't steel do any factory. Of his stuff. He can't do any of his stuff at work. <laughs> right. He, he got no data on his phone. So the draft got off to a slow start because we were kind of stuck on that pick for a while, and... It was funny. I was talking to Zach about it, so he's a funny guy. But, you know, hey, I am nobody's hero because this morning I the draft came to a halt last night, so I went to bed late, and I woke up later, and I was on the clock and running out of time because I didn't think we would have moved. Suddenly this thing moves. It stops and it moves. It's really bizarre. It's wild stuff. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when it goes and when it moves and when it stagnates. Do you get a notification, like, on your phone when, when you're about to... Like you, you have to email. draft. Yeah, you, you get, get like an email, like you you're on the deck, email. you know, or things like that. You get and a then, letter in the mail. Yeah, you get a letter in the mail. <laughs> You'll yeah. be picking. Yeah, it's you like get a back snail to the mail. future. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. You're up next in six hours. Oh, uh, no. So thanks to all those guys. And of course, that Matt Williams from the Turn 2 Pod, who I am part of his best ball, another slow draft I'm doing, which is two slow drafts at once. And he's part of the Turn 2 Podcast, which is a very highly rated pod. So check it out Turn 2 Pod. Bases Loaded Pod, Nasty Cast, and of course the number one rated uh, CBS Fantasy Baseball. They don't need any more followers or listeners because they are number one. So, uh, yeah, as far as the TGFBI, that's been a really exhaustive experience for me, Chris. And doing that with the Best Ball, which is a new experience as well. So there are some fab, a couple fab runs. Yeah, you you would have to, especially, you know, because you're going to have injuries and, and stuff like that. But you have a roster of 32 that you draft. Well, the reason that it's best ball is they take your best score each week. So all the players on your team, whatever adds up to the highest score. I like that. I like that's that. That's what best ball is. Yeah, means. so it's not like you're plugging in guys uh, in first base and one guy's on the bench. Is that, no. is that correct? So everybody is basically playing. Yeah, the, the active roster is only four pitching slots in, in a week or a scoring period. Okay. And then first base, second base, third base short, and two outfielders hmm. and a catcher. That's it. So all of those spots get filled with the best players, the most points that a player would score in that week. I like that. That's your best ball. I like that. So that's why it's different than TGFBI, which is a roto league. So Mm -hmm. the difference between those two is the scoring, but you can still have fab runs and waiver wire bids going on. When was the last time you did a roto league? It's been a a long time. That was what we started on when I first started playing, and I haven't done roto in 10 years at least. 
Everyone hated Roto that I knew. I mean, Roto makes the most sense. It's just not as exciting, I think, especially if you play in a league with a bunch of people you know and you're, you're going head-to-head. Yeah. Uh, but I think Roto makes the most sense. Oh, people are... People like competition. They like the head-to-head, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm on board with that. Yeah, I love head-to-head. That's why... That's the kind of group that we both grew up in. You played head-to-head because you're competing on a week and you can talk trash if you want, all that stuff. And then Roto, it's just... It's really the best team overall because it's the whole season's total numbers. Yeah, I think the last time I played a Roto, I did it a couple years ago. It was like a paid Yahoo League or something like that. And I really faded on it just because I, I, I got off to a really bad start. And it's such a long season that I just I, I kind of gave up on it. I'm like, there's no way I'm coming back from this. Well, hang tough, dearie. It's going to be okay. <laughs> well, I'm just not going to do another Roto League. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm out of control. I'm, I'm going on league blowout status this year. I'm taking it to a whole new level. And that's just how it is now. So yeah, it's going to be too much. <laughs> no, it's going to. We'll find out how I'm doing. Come July, I could be. I might hate this podcast. I might hate fantasy baseball. It could totally be over. <laughs> yeah. I've already it, set the Vegas line on that. So oh, really? Yeah, I what can't. I can't tell you. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to I'm finding gonna out. If I, a, I'm going to put it in. I'm going to put it in an envelope, and at the end of the year, you can open it up, or when you eventually quit it all and the pod's over, and you don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> awesome. Mail it to me. That'll be great. Just <laughs> there you like, go. Yeah. Yeah. In the TGFBI. So I had the eighth pick overall in the TGFBI. I took Trey Turner at eight. I really hassled over Trey Turner, Lindor, and Story. I couldn't decide between the three. Story was less so for me, but I went Turner because I just thought he'd steal more bases, and it's Roto, and that was the deciding factor. I love all three players. I think they're all studs. Uh, I don't think you're going wrong with with any of those guys. And, of course, in a Roto, uh, those steals with Turner. I mean, Lindor will give you 20 to 25, same with Story, but, I mean, Trey Turner's got 40, 50 stolen base potential. And then at 23, I took Starling Marte, which was a little high. But somebody, uh, Todd Zola, the defending champ of the TGFBI, took him at 13 in their league. And I noticed that. I did. I do admit I absorbed that because <laughs> the, the guy knows his stuff, right? Yeah, he's, he's a champion. Yeah, so I was like, oh, if he took it, hmm. And plus, I was at a spot where it was actually a little more acceptable at 23. So I took him. I could have had Anthony Rendon. I passed up on that. Well, I mean, you know, my, uh, my ethic is... Uh you go by your gut. 60% gut, right, Mike? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you went by your gut with that one. Yeah, we should call this the gut cast. The gut cast. We're going to change the name again. And then at 38, I took Clevenger, even though he's injured. Ooh. I love Clevenger, and I know it's only a meniscus. I do believe by mid to late April, he will be pitching. And I know it's Roto, where you need that total accumulation, so it could hurt me losing starts. But I just think he's that good. Okay, well, yeah, we'll see how that uh, checks out. I mean, uh, yeah, meniscus, he can definitely come back from it. I think uh, the Indians are going to need him. They might take a little bit of time. and uh, But, yeah, if his arm checks out fine, we're, everything will be okay. So that's where we're at, TGFBI. I just want to give you a little info on that. We're in round, almost round six now. I'm not sure exactly where we're at because uh, <laughs> you get lost in this thing. Oh, yeah, we're almost around six. All we're right. on pick 73. Wouldn't it be great if you had to... Well, I was going to say, wouldn't it be great if you had to pick like while we're doing the pod, but you have like nine hours to pick, so... Yeah, we got all <laughs> night. You know? We should do Twitter live feeds of every four-hour exhausted, researched pick. How does that sound? <laughs> well, you had guys in your league that were uh, like live-tweeting it, right? Yeah, well, the guy who owns and runs the things, Justin Mason, did like a live right, six-man yeah. tweet blowout. That's fun. That's fun that they did that. Yeah, they're... A lot of fun people I've met in this uh, fantasy baseball community. Very cool, I admit it. Good people. Thank you for being good people, everybody. And those who are not and just regular players, we like you too. Thanks for listening to the Palazzo Podcast. This is episode six, and we're going to dive into second base and shortstop. But first... 
It's leading off. So, the big news of today, Deary, is the Stanton injury. Uh, what's your analysis on this? Do you feel this will hinder him, or were you staying away from Stanton always? Yeah, so it seems to be the case with uh, Mr. Stanton here that he's gonna, he's injured again. Um, Saying he might not be ready till opening day, so he'll be out. Uh, he's not someone I'm really going after, anyways. Uh, I mean, obviously, if he's there in like you know fourth, fifth round, I'm probably taking it. But he's not a guy I'm super high on, anyways, because of the injury, you know, issues that's been going with them. I think the mm-hmm. the bigger thing is what's going to go on with uh, the Yankees here in left field. Uh, I heard today that Andujar is trying to become a left fielder. I mean, if the guy can't play third base, I, I doubt he's going to be able to play the outfield at all either. Um, you got Mike Talkman there. I think Talkman's going to end up being your starting left fielder if Stanton's not ready. Um, and I think the Yankees are okay if Stanton isn't fully healthy. I mean, he wasn't healthy last year, and they, they, they murdered the ball. So, But, yeah, I mean, this seems to be a recurring theme here for uh, Mr. Giancarlo. So I'll be interested to see uh, what happens here. He's not going to get... Any at bats, it seems like in uh, in spring training here. So we'll see if he's healthy by opening day. Well, last year was a lost season, but he was playing full seasons before last year, and that leads you also into Severino, who is also a Yankee. Tommy John surgery, TJ bedtime for Severino. It's amazing that he lost so much of last year, and then he comes in and now has to have TJ. What a loss! It's a lesson, I think. If you have elbow issues, just get it done. Get it fixed there. Get it done. High school kids are starting to have Tommy John surgery now. They, they start seeing uh, some issues with their elbows and their shoulders, and they're starting to get procedures done in high school. It's just wild to me, but they're recovering quickly. Well, it's because what they're doing, the body cannot sustain some of these mechanics. It's just the physics of it all. It's not possible. Mm-hmm. The harder everyone's throwing, there's only so much torque you can put on the damn thing. Yeah, yeah, so he's dead. Um, you know, Paxton's out. What has happened to this Yankees rotation? It was looking pretty... Same as last year. It was looking pretty damn good, you know, getting Cole. I mean, Tanaka will be back. I mean, right now, I mean, they're going to be depending a lot on J.A. Happ and Jordan Montgomery. Who knows who's going to be their fifth starter right now? I mean, you got Jonathan Lasagna there. Um, you know, some of these prospects aren't ready. Uh, what about so, David, Gar- David Garcia? Could be time only, to pull him up. He's only like 20 years old. I don't yeah. think he's ready yet. Well, Doc Gooden was he, he young, hasn't even you know? Gone, he hasn't even gone past a ball yet but uh well i mean sure maybe maybe they they bring him up and uh you know he has some starts but i'll be interested to see if the yankees make a move before the season i doubt they will i think they'll just kind of go with what they have i think they have to and i think the number one trade targets the dodgers they have way too many starters okay right look at their five is set they're saying that alex wood's going to be one of their starters on the back end there Mm -hmm. so now that leaves dustin may out ross stripling out there's a lot of guys without an opportunity yeah, we'll see how it shakes out here in the first couple of weeks. Uh, I don't see the Yankees making a move right away, but I, I, I mean, I guarantee midseason Yankees are going to be making a move for somebody big to to put into that starting rotation. Uh, excellent relief pitching there. They're going to, you know, hit the heck out of the ball. But God, these injuries seem to be piling up for the Yanks early. Oh, poor Yankees! Wee! <laughs> yeah, my wife's freaking out over it. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Christina's probably sad about that. It's too bad because I like Christina, but, you know, I don't care about the Yankees. Screw the Yankees. I love seeing the Yankees fail. The Yankees haven't won a title since 2009. Woo! Yeah. What about uh, Yaziel Puig, Geary? Yaziel Puig is still not signed, and it's almost March. Now, there's still a lot of spring training left. Opening day is now until March 26. Does he set out all spring training? Or are we looking at a guy who's not going to catch on because people know who he is, so they want to pay him a less amount of money, and he's going to probably just 
go for the scraps. Yeah, this is odd to me. I mean, I, I read something yesterday that maybe the White Sox or the Rockies or might give them a look. I think uh, the Rockies would make real nice sense over there in left field. I don't think uh, Tapia is set to be kind of a, a stud in left field. Oh, I, think, I love Tapia. I think he could really give Ramel some Tapia? boost. I love him. He gives some boost to the Rockies lineup. But yeah, I mean, Puig's still not signed. I mean, I'm in a keeper league with my buddy. He, he's planning on keeping Puig. And I'm like, well, you better hope he signs somewhere. I don't know if you're going to keep him if he doesn't have a team. So does this all stem from just his attitude, the crazy? Crazy brawl that happened last year. I mean, it's so odd to me. I think the guy's still a talented player, still young, and has a lot left to give. But I love Tapia. He's awesome. Tapia, Tapia. He can steal, run, hit, do it all, and he plays a course field. I think there could be a breakout in there. I'm serious. Oh, I believe you. Yeah. I I, I don't dislike. Uh, is it Tapia? I like it. I'm going to say Tapia. I would Tapia. I think Tapia makes more sense. Tapia. I don't think I've ever heard his name said. Tilapia? And I watch a lot of Rockies baseball, too. We can't say tilapia. No, no. I don't think you can say tilapia. Oh, okay. All right, I was looking at some trade targets as we move around the majors. Nick Senzel and Will Myers have been mixed up in some trade chatter, with Senzel possibly going to the Padres, and then Myers going to the Red Sox, and then some other parts that might move in between the three of those teams, the Red Sox and Padres. Now, the Padres and Reds have developed a rapport, the Taylor Chamel trade. Those two teams were part of that last year, so I would love to see Nick Senzel go to San Diego. But the problem is, if you move Myers, then what are you going to do? Are you going to put Senzel in right, keep him in center? Are you going to move Franchi Cordero or Trent Grisham out of center? Because those guys are center fielders, too. I, I don't know if the deal makes sense here. Maybe this never materializes, but... Yeah, a lot of moving parts in this one. I mean, Senzel's still super young. Uh, you know, he's going to be fighting for that center field position with Akiyama over there. Yeah, um, and he stole 14 bases in limited duty last year. That's Trent Grisham's an interesting guy over here in uh, in San Diego. Uh, Will Myers, I think if the Padres can get rid of Will Myers for anything, I'd go ahead and do that. I mean, he's just been a dead soul here the last couple of years. And they still owe him $60 million. God. But if what? he goes to the Red Sox, I like that. I like that move. He could... He could play a lot. I like that park for him. I don't know. It seemed maybe a fresh start. He also was complaining that him and Andy Green, the manager from the Padres the last couple of years, did not get along or see eye to eye. And he had some choice words to say in spring training that if you read between the lines, you would notice that Will Myers is a happy guy again. So maybe there's an improvement <laughs> here. I mean, where does Myers fit in? in well, I, I mean, he could go back and play for his base if he goes to the Red Sox. Yeah, that's true. Platoon with Moreland, maybe. Oh, they got Moreland. They got Michael Chavis there. I don't know. It's kind of a log jam over there, too. Log jamming. All right, some quick infield hits. These are spring training tidbits that we looked at. And they're courtesy, not all of them, but most of them. We have to give a shout-out to Jeff Zimmerman, who's on Twitter. You can check him out. He uh, writes on Rotographs. He also does... These mining the news segments, which he was doing before spring training starts, that are they put all the it's basically like a feed for all the little tidbits of information going on around the league about people doing new pitch types or rotation adjustments or maybe swing adjustments. They're really excellent pieces of info. So thanks, Jeff. So the fun one, and this has nothing to do with Jeff. Everyone knows about this. Is that Mad Bum is a rodeo maniac? <laughs> Wait, so is this really true? Like, I, It's I, totally true. It's so wild to me. The Giants confirmed it. I know. Did they know it was going on when he was doing it? Definitely. That's so crazy. 
From what I gather, they totally knew, and it was one reason why they didn't want to have him around anymore. So he was going by, what was he going by, Mason, uh, what was it? Mason Saunders? Mason, is that what it was? Yeah, Mason Saunders. Something like that, Mason Sanders. Hilarious, man. I think maybe, if the Giants knew, then the Diamondbacks knew. So, baseball teams know what's up, right? I would think so, yeah. I mean, these guys need to have lives outside of baseball, but being a rodeo. Because I thought his contract was smaller than it should have been. $85 million over five years? I thought he could have got 100 mil because he's been such an experiential. He has so much information from his playoff experience. Yeah, big game pitcher right there. Yeah. So I wonder if the Diamondbacks, hey, dude, we know about this rodeo crazy ass (laughs) shit you're doing. We'll give you 85 million. And no one's going to give you more than that because people will probably give you less. Well, he's got a second career when he finishes uh, pitching. My first girlfriend from high school, her brother was like a rodeo guy, he was in the rodeo. What? And he was always gone all year rodeoing, and he'd come home and he had like pictures. he's rodeoing. Is that how you say rodeoing? Rodeoing. Rodeoing. Yeah, I don't know how you say that, but um, yeah, he was really into it, and he was dressed up as a clown and all that stuff. And, oh wow! Yeah, he was. He loved the, the life. Clown he traveled and all over the country, and I guess the money was pretty good. So get on the rodeo circuit, and you can make a long career out of it. I'm not interested. Go for it. Jess Verlander has some groin issues. Nothing major right now, but he was scratched from a start, so stick around. Keep up on that. JV, does a groin concern you at all, Deary? Yeah, I mean, he's getting to a heightened age now. I, I mean, he's, Ooh. he's in the last few years, has been pretty healthy. It's really amazing these last couple seasons he's had since he's been in Houston. It's that flawless form. I Yeah, he does have fantastic form. I mean, he had that core injury. But, yeah, groins are not good, especially for a pitcher. So I, I definitely pay attention to this one, especially because he's someone who's going top five for pitchers this year. So definitely uh, keep an eye on this one. We'll see how it progresses. What about Freddie Freeman's bogus right elbow? I've heard it's very painful. And last year, reading an article recently, it was so bad, he couldn't even shampoo. He couldn't grab a shampoo bottle. It was very painful for him. And he's tried everything. They're saying that it's better, but any concerns? Would you stay away from Freddie Freeman? I don't think so. I mean, I, there's tons of nagging injuries that go on. I mean, he, if he had this last year, he had an incredible season last year. Obviously, he doesn't throw with his right arm, but, uh, you know, that's his lead arm when he swings the bat. Uh, I don't think it's a concern right now. Um, I'm sure there's lots of therapy that they can do with it. Um, maybe he needs to stay off the phone. So I have a problem in my left uh, elbow because I seem to have my phone up like this all the time. So my, my uh, <laughs> me too. My, yeah, ar- so my arms are in this. If you think about it this way, like you're putting your dukes up or whatever. Yeah. Like my arms are always in this, like, like just my arms are just like this all the time. So my left elbow just really hurts all the time. So uh, yeah. I have the I, same I can't, thing. Like, I can't like sleep. Like if I sleep like with my arm like you know crutched like an L, like yeah. it really really hurts. I have to like put my arm out. Yeah, Maybe it's just because I'm gearing towards forty here in a few months. But no, we're bending know, with the phone thing. It's yeah, just like gonna I think be it a, is. And it's going to be like a evolutionary thing. We're going to have to have like stronger joints or something. Yeah, because we're bending with that damn phone in our hands when we're in bed like this. Yeah. Always, and I've been working out more using weights, and it really hurts now. I need to get a headset to put my phone on it and just like wrap it around my head, so it's just like right there. And then yeah, can, we need. Yes, we need. Then one I can of those, just like, talk uh, to my phone. Podium things. Yeah, you're right. Well, I still have a claw at home. You know those claws that you put your oh, phone the on. The claw from Berkeley. I yeah. remember that. Well, I still got a couple of those. That's how I watch baseball at home. Claw that thing up to the coffee table, and I got you know my computer's got baseball on, my phone's got baseball, and then the big screen's got baseball. The claw. The claw. The claw. Liar, liar. What a great movie. Yeah, so I'm I'm not too worried about Freddie Freeman. I think it'll be okay. 
J.D. Davis had a shoulder scare, but apparently he's going to be okay. Good news on J.D. Davis's shoulder. Nothing else to say on that. Uh, Matt Carpenter has back tightness, a little bit of back tightness. People are thinking his career might be in the dumper, but the Cardinals apparently are relying on him at third base this year. Any chance you draft Matt Carpenter this year, dude? I don't think so. I mean, I've been off on Carpenter for a few years now, Mm -hmm. um, and now he's getting some injury scares. He's kind of getting up there in his uh, early mid-30s, so... uh, Maybe this opens some uh, doors for Tommy Edmond. And this has fantasy relevance down the road, but for us as Tigers fans, Riley Green is really good. I listened to him hit a home run live on the radio the other night. That was fun. And he had two home runs in back-to-back days here. So, Riley Green, Tigers' future actually looks bright. And he's a hitter. He's not a pitcher. Can you believe it? <laughs> yeah, number five pick last year out of high school. I think he was the first position player uh, drafted out of high school last year by the Tigers. Um, everybody talks about you know these great pitching prospects the Tigers have, Mize and Manning and Scooble. Uh, Riley Green seems to be the real deal. He's going to be in Double A this year, so uh, maybe we see him in 2021, 2022. It's actually legitimately exciting. I love it. This is something to look forward to as a Tigers fan, and there's so few things to he's enjoy. Got a, he's got a real, real nice swing. It really does. It's oh man, I can't wait. He's the heir apparent. He'll take over for Miggy someday as the star of this team. Miggy's not a star anymore, but, you know, in name he is. You know you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean, Vern? Uh, Jose Garcia of the Reds hit two home runs in one game the other day. He's a fun prospect, 21 years old, something to keep an eye on. It's always fun when you see a great young player do something quite remarkable in a spring training game. And then uh, Benintendi, Andrew, of the Red Sox, may lead off this year. Does that increase or decrease his value for you, dearie? That's really interesting. He he had a down season last year compared to eighteen. I oh, mean, it was trash. Yeah, it was real bad. Seven seventy four OPS. Uh, he only had thirteen home runs. I mean, I know he's not a big bopper, but in seventeen, his rookie year, he had twenty at ninety RBIs. His last two years, he's gone down. So uh, we'll see. I mean, he's a guy who who's proven that he can walk. So I think he it can work at the start of the lineup. Um, but he also, you know, he also struck out one hundred and forty times last year, which was. You know, ridiculous. I mean, that was 30 more times than he struck out the previous two years. So uh, we'll see. There's a lot of, uh, you know, moving parts here in uh, in Boston with Betts gone. And, you know, they got to find a, uh, a leadoff guy. And we'll see. Uh, we'll see how this affects Ben Intendi fa- fantasy wise. He's not someone I'm really targeting early. So uh, we'll no. see. Ben Intendi is going to have a bounce back gear. I just feel it. I don't know if he'll ever be the guy we thought he was. There was talk he could be a 20 steals, 30 homer guy. That's not going to happen. But I think he still will provide value the more he drops and people are less interested in him. He's still only 25 years old. Exactly. Too. He's learning the game still. I like the future for Benintendi. I say bye, bye, bye. Well, yeah, looking at this Red Sox lineup, I mean, Benintendi, Verdugo, Bogarts, Devers, all those guys are super young. Super young. Now it's just a total youth movement in a sense, and the World Series will be a distant memory for them. But I still think they're a good team. People are totally writing off the Red Sox here. I like what I see still. There's a lot of talent on the roster. I think they still can compete if they can find some pitching. The Yankees and the Rays are the, definitely the cream of the division, no doubt. Oh, and then lastly, Freddie Peralta is going to sign an extension with the Brewers. The Brewers like what they see. Apparently, there's been some adjustments made, and his breaking stuff is coming along enough where they believe there's real future here. And he could sign somewhere along what Aaron Bummer was signed to with a five-year deal, $16 million. And I was surprised by that. Freddie Peralta did provide some value last year with saves. He was given some opportunity to give Josh Hader a breather when Josh Hader was used in higher leverage situations before a closing situation. 
I like Freddie Peralta, I do. It's a name to watch this year. Late in drafts, I think you can get him, and he could be vulturing saves, and maybe more. Maybe they see him as a starter down the road. I think that was a really good signing for the Brewers. The guy's got excellent stuff, high K rate, Mm -hmm. still only 23 years old. So, yeah, I I like him. He's someone that you could target pretty late, and uh, over this next uh, year or two, he could really turn into a stud. Uh, I think just finding a role for him, whether it's out of the bullpen or as a starter, is going to be tricky for the Brewers. Okay, it's second base time. Second base is a fun... I love second base. Growing up, I loved playing second base as a baseball player because I was small and it was perfect for me because I was little. Unfortunately, there is not a lot of depth at second base this year. So if you have second base comments or questions, hit us up on Twitter at Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's, or Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. We'll take your questions, we'll read them, we'll analyze them, and we'll be grateful that you've sent them to us. So top 10, Deary, second base. What are some things that stand out to you? Is there some players you're putting up, taking out of your top 10 that's different than others? Let's hear some quick tidbits. Yeah, so I really had a difficult time trying to come up with my top 10, especially at the start of this. Oh, um, no. Obviously, Altuve's been the guy the last few years. I think he's due for a little bit of a regression. Uh-oh, everyone hates Altuve. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm so intrigued by what's going on ah. with Altuve. Um but yeah, I mean, he had somewhat of a down year last year. The stolen bases are down. He had six stolen bases last year, 74 RBIs. Knee injuries, though. Knee injuries were a problem. Leg injuries were a problem. Yeah, so if he's healthy, I should see, you know, growth in the start uh, in the stolen bases. Uh, but I think the reason he's getting pushed for number one is Ozzie Elbies. Ozzie Elbies is only 23 years old, hit 24 home runs last year, 102 runs. Love the lineup in Atlanta, you know. Uh, I feel like they're the front runners in the NL East right now. Uh, Albies is just growing on me. And, uh, you know, right now, ADP 40 for Albies. Uh, he had 15 stolen bases. He's a guy who's really pushing Altuve for number one. Uh, you know, other guys that I'm, uh, I like who's starting to rise is uh, Keston Hiura. Uh, you know, limited time last year, 19 home runs, 51, 51 runs, 49 RBIs. Uh, his swinging strike rate was 17.5 last year, which is, you know, really, he's got to cut down on that. What I really like, though, is Babbitt was 402 last year, which is, of course, insane. He only played a handful of games. Uh, but all through the minors, his Babbitt has always been high. So I think that should continue. He's a guy who's also on the rise. Real nice OPS, led all. Um, well, he was actually second in OPS for second baseman last year. Um, and then someone who I think is the most dependable guy when it comes to second baseman, I think there's no question marks, and that's DJ LeMayhew. Um, he's a guy who's going to go 20, 100, 100. Very uh, reliable. Yeah. Z contact, so every time that ball is in the zone, he murders it. 91%, that leads all second baseman. Swinging strike rate of 6.6%. That is super low, something that you love. Guy's just a pro hitter, has been for years, uh, and, and that was such a great pickup for the Yankees last year. I think he's the most dependable guy there um, out of the shortstops or uh, second baseman on my list. But I see you have Hura sixth. Is yeah, you know- uh, yeah. Uh, so it. These are all kind of interchangeable parts. These are guys that... Uh, yeah, so looking at my top 10, uh, Altuve, Albies, LeMahieu, Keto Marte, I have in there at four. He's a guy I really, really like. Still young, had a huge breakout last year. I'm interested to see if it was just an anomaly last year or this is really who he is. 
Uh, Mike Moustakis, I have in there at number five. I think he's just dependable. Power, power, power for him. Yeah, he's in is, Cincinnati now. It's going to be a free-for-all. Yeah, I mean, he's going to bat fourth for them. Middle lineup. He still does okay against uh, left-handed pitching, so he, he's great. Yeah, and then I got Hero at, at, at six. Uh, the next few guys, it's it, it really huge drop off after that. I've Whit Merrifield and Jonathan Villar kind of right next to each other. Uh, two guys. I mean, Villar I like because he's going to steal forty bases if he can get enough at bats in Florida. Guy had one hundred and eleven runs last year on a really shitty Orioles team. Um, and then after that, Caven uh, Biggio and Gavin Lux. You know the two you know young studs who I think in a couple years will be near the top of this list. People love VR in Roto big time because steals are so important. He's going very high. Some people go in third round on VR. I just can't see that. I know he can steal bases, but I'm expecting offensive regression. I know Florida is definitely not Camden Yards. Camden Yards is such a great hitter's part. And he didn't spend the whole year there, right? But, ah, man, VR is bogus and overrated. As far as my top ten, I think... Hura's number three. I love Hura very, very much because he could do it all. Hit for average power, steal bases. He does. He's a five-cat guy. So the question is his experience. But what he showed, especially when he was recalled last year, he finished very strong. I love what he can do. Give me Hura all day. Torres is a stud, even though he only hits all his home runs against the Orioles. And for me, Ozzy Albies is number one. I'm... I have to say that Ozzy Albies is the guy I would reach for in the second round, no problem. I would do it. I don't care about the league size, what the situation is. I just think he can do it all, and he's going to give you everything. And he's so young. And if it's a keeper league or a dinosaur league, jump on him immediately. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm on board with that for sure. Uh, Mary Fields in my top ten. I love DJ LeMayhew only because it's a contract year, and he's playing an amazing lineup in a killer stadium. I love LeMayhew this year. I would buy on that for sure, especially if it's a Roto League. I know he doesn't steal as much, but if you're playing in an average league as opposed to OBP, he gets a bump up. And then as far as players at the end, Merrifield is still good. He's number eight for me. I got Muncie nine and McNeil ten. I love Jeff McNeil. He rounds out the top ten. Jeff McNeil is just such a great player. He's versatile. He's got different positions to play. Yeah, so the difference is, like, there's guys I don't have on this list because I mentioned them in some of our other positions, Max Muncy being one of them, Torres being one of them. Who's the, who's the other guy? You, oh, Jeff McNeil. Yeah. Those are guys that I talked about when we talked about third base and first base. Retread names. Uh, yeah, but I love those guys, especially <laughs> with the multiple eligibility with different positions. What do you think of a guy like Quito Marte? I'm scared. I'm really scared. <laughs> the peripherals kind of back up what he did last year, but I it was know. just one year where he exploded. Yeah, His average has never been as high as it was. The home run's never been that high. He's always stolen some bases, but he actually stole less. So now maybe he's this middle-of-the-order lineup guy. Yeah, it's, pretty, I, it's crazy. I'm yeah. not willing to take a risk. In TGFBI, he was sitting there. He went all the way down, I think, into the 50s in our TGFBI league, and I just couldn't do it. Yeah, average draft position, 44. Um, I mean, there's so many other guys I would go at there. Um, or do you or do you wait and get your, you know, you know, Moustakis, which which I think is still crazy that Mike Moustakis is 101 um, for his ADP. I would take mm-hmm. Moustakis probably over Marte, especially if Marte is at 44. But the difference is Keto Marte started pulling the ball last year, and that's why he had so many bombs. He, he He's not someone who did that in previous seasons or even through the minors, so... 
I, I just like to take guys that I feel very confident in, and I don't feel confident in Marte. He's got to prove it, and maybe I'll get burned on that. So let the burning commence if it happens. <laughs> well, dearie, you know what time it is. Remember, like I always say, it's going to be Lima time no matter what, baby. <laughs> it's believe it. Do you believe in these guys? A tribute to Jose Lima, a fallen brethren of the baseball brotherhood. Died way too young, but he was a believer. And are these guys that we can believe in or not? For us, they are. You may have questions. You may have doubts. Hit us up on Palazzo Podcast on Twitter and, and yell at us and tell us how stupid we are. Deary, who do you believe in at second base this year? Yeah, so we talked a little bit about Keston here. Uh, um, you know, yeah, yeah. We can go back to that a little bit. I think he's going to have a mega season, uh, just like you said. Mega bucks. Sure, I have, him, I have him at six on my list. But like I said, those guys are interchangeable. Um, so the big breakout, I think, is going to happen. And, you know, the guy's a professional hitter. He just came up to the majors last year. So I'm, I'm not surprised that he struck out a ton and, and had a lot of swings and misses. Um, I think that's going to improve this year. And obviously, if you're in a dynasty league, you're all about him. Another young guy I want to talk about is Caven Biggio. So Caven Biggio last year came up at the end of the season. What I really, really like about Caven Biggio is he has an excellent eye. 16.5% walk rate. And that is something that has been pretty consistent all through the minors. Swinging strike rate of 8.7, so that's really, really solid for a young guy. He should be able to continue to steal bases, had 14 last year. He's a guy who I think can get you know, 20 to 25. So that with that high walk rate, excellent eye, he's in a, a lineup that's going to start to improve uh, You know, with Bichette there and Guerrero. Um, you know, I like Randall Gritchich in, in the middle of that lineup, You know, knocking some of these guys in. So Kevin Biggio is a guy who I think could probably go, you know, Maybe 25 home runs, uh, you know, close to 100 runs. He's going to be at the top of the lineup. ADP right now is 138. So that's a pretty nice spot. He's someone I'm believing in. Wow. Do you go Mega Powers, Mega Bucks, or Mega Man? Ooh. So the, okay, the Mega Powers, which is Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. Tribute. Randy Poffo, minor league second baseman. The Mega Bucks, which was. What, you're talking million dollar man here? Yeah. It was Ted Virgil. <laughs> Virgil was, but wasn't it uh, Ted DiBiase and uh, somebody else? Yeah, it was some of Because uh, Virgil was still like the. Yeah, he was like the, uh, the, the henchman. Kick. Yeah, which yeah. was like totally yeah, racist, by the was way. Like the he big, was like a money slave. Dude. Was it, it was like so the terrible. big boss man with them or something? I can't, yeah, even I can't remember. remember. Yeah, hey, look, if you look, remember who the mega look, look it up real bucks quick. were, I mean, um, that blows my mind. Or, or Mega Man. That. I love Mega Man. Mega Man 2 is so incredibly good. I love Mega Man. What an excellent Nintendo game it, that is. I think it's universally agreed that Mega Man 2 is the superior of all. It's Mega the Man. best. Yeah, I've played that one the most, for sure. There's just something about it that the <laughs> Air Man was a tough board. Oh, Crash Man. Heat Man. Heat Man is a tough board. That is really tough. Heat Man, God, I, when you have to go through those... Uh, those like fire lines that come across the yeah, screen. Yeah, and you got to use you got to use all the special powers that you've already gotten to like freeze time and all that. Yeah, that one's tough. Yeah, you had to maximize everything, and you, you had to have all the items, and you had to do them all. In pro- you have to. There's a whole order you have to follow and get all the proper because yeah. uh, Metal Man is it Metal Man kills Bubble Man right away or Bubble Man kills Metal Man like in three hits. It's awesome. I think Bubble. If you have Bubble Man, he kills uh, Metal Man. Um, oh, that's I don't right. even remember. <laughs> Flash Man, I like, know, slows Air, down Quick Man. It starts Air, to make sense. Air Man, uh, Crash Man. I don't know. Uh, okay, so by the way, it was okay. uh, Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giants. I can't oh, believe really? I forgot that. Oh, yeah. come on. We're so dumb. We okay. knew that. 
Uh, okay, so anyways, back to baseball. <laughs> People I believe in. Man, I love Nick Solak. Nick Solak of the Texas Rangers, traded from the Tampa Bay Rays last year. In the minor leagues, he showed a killer walk percentage. He's got a good eye. He could hit for average. He's got some pop. He could steal bases. He stole 21 bags in the minors one year. I like that. I just like what this guy can do. And there's talk that he's going to start in center field this year for the Rangers. So give me some of that. But as far as will he actually get the playing time because of his defense being very bad? Now that is a problem. There's some talk that his defense is so horrendous. Can you really give this guy the playing time he deserves? We're about to find out. And I think that in this day and age, I know defense matters. This is not fantasy related, right? Defense doesn't matter in fantasy leagues. Correct. But if his playing time depends on his defense, that's something you want to keep an eye on. That'd be the only thing I'd be suspect of. But I love Solak. I don't I, think he, I don't think you could put Solak in center field when you have Willie Calhoun in left field who also can't play the field very well. Right. So why did they say that then? Right. That's what I thought it was surprising news too. Maybe it's just a spring training f- rumor. Hey, let's just say something today to see if it sticks. I don't know. But as far as players I can believe in, Solak's one, and then. Scott Kingery and Nick Senzel. To me, these are both guys on similar tracks. They've had some bumps. They've been given a lot of hope, and a lot of promise was instilled in both of these players. They can both do the same things. Kingery might have a little more pop than Senzel, but they both can steal bases. They both can play all over the diamond. I find them to be very similar, but both very valuable picks. You can get Senzel in the 200s. You can get Kingery earlier than that. And I think Kingery and Senzel... Our two players do believe in. Now, as far as players to fade, players that are zombies. They're the walking dead, dude. These are players that you should avoid. Deary, (laughs) are you willing to stick with this? I know everyone hates him, but... Do you believe that Jose Altuve is just a walking dead this year? Avoid this man at all costs. I, I don't think he's the walking dead, but I'm not buying in the first two rounds on him. Uh, I'm so intrigued. And the more and more players are coming out about this and bitching about what happened with, uh, you know, the sign stealing. Everybody of said, 17 even Mike Trout said something, Deary. All these players are going nuts. I mean, I, the one that I love the best was Nick Markakis said everybody on the other side of the diamond needs a beat down. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> You know, Manfred wanted this thing to go away. It's not going away. I mean, uh, nope. Carlos Correa looked really bad, uh, you know, trying to defend his guys. He just looks like an ass now. I saw George Springer today in, in the game. The Everyone's booing him. It's the Astros Mets. Constant boos. Yeah, it was great boos. And then he tries to, like, swing for the fences on the first pitch and whiffs <laughs> down to his knee. It just looks so bad. Yeah, like, I mean, they're, they're going to be trying to prove everybody wrong, and it really may change their approach of, of how they're hitting. I, I read something the other day that their mascot, uh, Orbit, was getting booed. What? <laughs> this That's poor not guy. Cool. Yeah, so I'm not sure I'm buying in in the first couple of rounds on Altuve. I'm really interested to see how this works out. I mean, obviously you talked about the knee issues last year and the stolen bases were down. I don't think he's the walking dead. I mean, the guy's still only 29 years old. What about the mental aspect of this, though? Yeah, I mean, because this, this this isn't going to end. If you get you're getting booed like this in spring Constant. training, which is a pretty more chill time of year, then you got a full on forty fifty thousand seat stadium <laughs> and people are booing you. Yeah, these are still human beings. This is what I said a couple weeks ago, where 
yes, these are resilient people. They fought the odds and they are the unique human beings because they're playing Major League Baseball. But you're getting constantly booed. There's going to be signs everywhere. It's going to change your approach of how you're at the plate unless you have some real, real serious mental toughness going on. It's like coronavirus. You can't insulate yourself completely from everything. It took a few weeks, and now we're talking about coronavirus. <laughs> well, it is. Like, people are like, I mean, you got to go out in the world and live your life. If a virus comes to your area, you got to do the best you can to protect yourself. But you cannot, you cannot hide from everything. It's just not how the world works anymore, especially in the day and age we live in. So with you, you had several second basemen ahead of Altuve. Yeah, I... I'm with you on this. I'm, I still would take Altuve in the fifth round in a heartbeat. Of I course, think I yeah. would in the fifth round of a 12-team league, probably. Mm-hmm. But after before that, there's just so many fun players and players that I can rely on more. Like I believe um, they're just players that have more p- potential and stability. So, well, yeah, I mean, it's it's so cr- like it's crazy to think like I just talked about how Altuve is still my number one second baseman, <laughs> but I trust. LeMayhew and Moustakis over over him, and I'm probably higher on Albies and Hira as you know breakout guys over over Altuve. So I think I'm just avoiding Altuve. Obviously, the guy is still a special talent, and we've seen it here over the last you know five years where he could easily come out and win the batting title and hit 25, 30 home runs and have 100 runs. So we could all be wrong, but it's it's really intriguing. I. Kind of love Altuve in a way that's real strange because I like when players get <laughs> devalued. Now I'm gonna decide, yeah, here we go. Now I just saw I love him. I hate him. I love him. I hate him. I love him. I hate him. I love him. I, I do. The waffler is in full effect. I'm the I'm baffled and I'm waffling. I'm the baffled waffler, man. <laughs> Wait, it's all right, man. You've done this a lot. I don't know what to do. Every fantasy owner does this. Yeah, it's not easy, guys. But if Altuve can be healthy and he's not cheating, he still can be... He still was a talented player who could do almost everything on the diamond. The home runs were the thing that became more noticeable, but that's because the ball's juice, so... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't envy you if you have Altuve as a keeper league and you don't know what to do with him. It's tough. I have avoided him in the last couple of years anyway, so I guess I lucked out. Yeah, I've never had him. i never had him. I've never had him, man. As far as other Walking Dead, to me... I've said this before. I'll say it again. Eduardo Escobar, no way in hell he does what he does again. I'm not even going to go into the details. I'm not even going to give you numbers. Just trust me. He's not going to do what he did last year. Yeah, not I think, happening. I think I like Keto Marte over Escobar. Hell yeah. All day long. And then Jonathan VR. Now, people love VR. And last year, he got to play the whole season in Baltimore, which is a hitter's park. He's not going to hit 24 home runs again. It's not happening. So here's the thing with uh, VR that gives me a little hope that he's going to continue to hit home runs. His fly ball rate went up 7% over the last two years. So his he's changed his swing a little bit, and it's more of an uppercut swing. And if he gets you know the playing time, 40 stolen bases is, is really doable. I mean, it's not going to give you the greatest OPS, but if you're looking for runs and stolen bases and you know maybe get you know a decent amount of home runs, I think he's a good value pick. Now, Fantasy Pros has him ADP 56. I think that's crazy. So, yeah. It's you're all not, based on the steals, right? It, yeah, it has to be. I mean, I mean he's is, someone. I mean, VR is someone I picked up as a free agent last year, and I used him for steals because he got hurt for for a couple weeks, and someone dropped him, and I picked him up, and I, I only played him when I needed steals. He went out, got me two steals. All right, I'm not playing him the rest of the week. Hmm, I don't know, man. I I I just don't, I'm not buying it. There's some guys who are really talented analysts in the industry who know better than I do at times. That love VR, and I think I'm, I think he's boomer bust. I think I think he is boomer bust, but I think he's bust. Just a couple years ago, he had a 665 OPS over 120 plus games. 
665, that's trash. Well, it could be a guy that, you know, I think he's 28 now. Maybe he just found his swing now. We'll see. So he's just totally changed. This is him. This is prime VR. He can do it all. All right, yeah. Well, I cannot wait for the season to start. I'm, so. I'm buying in on him being a solid fantasy player this year. And I still I'm, think I'm going to buy is, him being a top 100 player. Uh, this is still only Roto, though. I don't see him being valuable in the other categories Correct. or points. Correct. Correct. He doesn't walk. This is just Roto. This is a Roto-heavy yeah. buy-in. That's all it is. Okay, a quick would-you-rather, Deary, four scenarios. Here we go. Gavin Lux versus Ryan McMahon. Would you rather have Gavin Lux at 153 or Ryan McMahon at 198 overall? I think Gavin Lux, uh, Ryan McMahon strikes out way too much. Did it all through the minors, 29% last year. I think he'll do it again. So I'll go with Gavin Lux. Okay, even though Bud Black and the Rockies this week said that Ryan McMahon, they expect him to play 150 games this year. He played 141 last year. You know, I was surprised looking at his numbers. He had 24 home runs, 70 runs, and 83 RBIs. That was much better season than I thought he had. Only batted 250. Uh... But yeah, I mean, obviously that park can really boost some of your numbers up. So if he can cut back on some of those Ks, he walked a decent rate last year, 10.4. So that's not bad. Anything in double digits is a decent walk rate. So, uh, but I'm going to go with Lux. I just love that lineup in LA and, you know, obviously superstar prospect. I think, uh, I think he's going to be pretty solid right from the get-go. Okay. Next scenario. Starling, well, Starling, Cattell Marte at 45 or Keston Hira at 54? Who would you rather have? That one's so tough. It is tough, man. This happened to me yesterday. So Hira is going to be full season. Marte just broke out. What are the ADPs again? 45 for Marte on average, 54 for Hira. I don't know, man. I don't envy you. This is tough. tough. It is tough. Is it a wash? That, that, That one's tough because, I mean, I think... Once you get into like the sixth, seventh round, if some of these second basemen are gone, it's going to get real tough because you're going to basically you'll just wait till the end of the draft and and, and take a flyer on someone and hope it works out. Uh, I think this one's a wash. Hmm. Okay, I, I agree with you. I I decided to make a choice, and I didn't think I could lose either way. Next scenario. DJ LeMayhew at 61 versus Max Muncy at 76. God, I love both these players. <laughs> what would you do, I, I love both these players because of the dual eligibility they have. Um, so DJ ADP 61, Muncy 76. I'm going to go with Muncy because he's going to give you more power. Hmm, okay. You like the power aspect. I like the power, but if you want average, you're probably going DJ. Right. Now, this all depends on league-specific categories. and. I think both I think both guys are, are excellent players, and, are, and I'd be really happy if they're on my roster. But LeMahieu can hit for much better average. So if you're playing Roto, you'd probably have LeMahieu, right? I don't play Roto, Mike. But if you did, <laughs> right. If you yes. People are listening. Yeah. <laughs> Roto, Roto, it's LeMahieu, especially right. if he can continue to hit home. Just runs. a friendly reminder, folks. Deary does not play Roto. Number four. Last one. Lord's Guriel. Guriel. 167 versus Danny Santana, 148. Yeah, Lourdes Guriel is a guy who I thought last year was gonna break out gonna be his breakout, and it just didn't happen. Uh Danny Santana is Santana's a really interesting player. I think he has eligibility at Basically every <laughs> single position out there. Yeah, it's annoying. He pops up in all of our rankings. And <laughs> Everywhere. I can't stand him. I, I picked him up last year, midseason. Uh, 81 RBIs, 81 runs, 28 home runs. He had a really, really nice season. Um, problem, I, I talk about this all the time. The guy doesn't get on base, though. I mean, 4.9% walk percentage is garbage. And his swinging strike rate, 15.7, is absolute shit. 
Um, Gurriel went from being sent down to the minors, comes yeah. back up, and revives his career, and now becomes like this really legitimate player. So yeah, I mean, does I mean the Rangers are interesting with Santana because it's like where is he going to play? I mean, I mean, it's just interesting that you know they signed Todd Frazier, right? I We're mean, talking Solak and center. Solak and center. They got a lot of guys. Santana can also play first. They got Guzman there, and then they signed your guy Greg Bird. Greg Bird. I don't know, man. I mean, I think, I think. What are their ADPs? Guriel's one sixty-seven. Santana's one forty-eight. I don't like either of those ADPs. Ooh, but um, which guy would you rather have? I'll take the flyer on Guriel. All right, good. That's the right call, dear. You win. All right, remember, we're Palazzo Podcast. This is episode six, middle infielders. Hit us up at Palazzo Podcast on Twitter. Two L's, two Z's. Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com. Okay, shortstop. Shortstop is a position of tremendous depth this year, Deary. Our top tens are easily filled with a lot of great players that could go in the top 100 completely. All of these guys, really. So... What's unique about us in our rankings here on the top ten? That I mean, we're doing what everyone else is doing because there's so many great players. It's 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 ridiculous. I haven't seen a shortstop you know talent pool like this in maybe ever. It's it's crazy. I mean, Story, Lindor, Turner, Tatis, Bogarts, Torres, Baez. All these guys are top top fifty, top sixty players. I mean, there's three store, shortstops in Story, Lindor, and Turner. They're all first-round picks, in my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say next year, for sure, the, those top four could definitely be first-round picks. Yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, we were talking about this before we recorded today. Uh, you know, Story, Lindor, Turner, you talked about how you took Turner in, in your uh, in your draft pick the other day. Uh, Trevor Story's my guy. Um, I think it's more just gut and the fact I have him in my main keeper league. I mean, 35 home runs, 111 runs last year, 85 RBIs. I think the RBI rate goes up a little bit. Uh, what's great is his opposite field rate has risen 6% over the last two years. Um, K rate is still a little high because high he swings for the fences every time he hits it. Uh, Babbitt of 361 last year. Uh, probably take a little dip this year, but he's also going to give you some stolen bases. So you got 23 stolen bases. But I mean, Lindor's his, Lindor's numbers are going to be just as good there, uh, and Lindor's going to strike out a lot less. So he's neck and neck with Trevor Story, and obviously you're you're huge on uh, Trey Turner. And if he wants st- you know mega steals, Trey Trey Turner could be your guy. And I see Turner hitting more home runs than he did last year. He had 19 last year. I think he could get closer to 30. They're going to need some power there with Rendon gone. Well, I have Lindor in my home league. Bless you, boys. Shout out, guys. Uh, in fact, we're hoping to have couple of members of the league maybe on the show in the next couple of weeks that'd be great jason mangold dan white have offered their services and these are guys who played <laughs> fantasy baseball for many years so are you looking to replace me mike hell no they're <laughs> gonna be skyping in you know they live in arizona and indiana they are not nearby so. oh cool yeah i don't know these guys yeah well you'll find out they're fun people but anyways uh jason has trey turner in our league and he is really thrilled about his season i have lindor i'm also very thrilled about Lindor's season to me you can't go wrong with story lindor and turner i said it before i do believe tatis could end up being a top five player maybe if things break right this year that's what's unique about him and then the big wild card here is bogarts because i've talked to several people who say that bogarts is going to regress a little bit um, the runner-up to our Bless You Boys League traded Bogarts in the offseason, and he had amazing numbers last year. Are you thinking Bogarts will ascend even further? Because he's coming. He's 27 years old, and that's the magic number. People yeah. love that 
Age 27 season. What an unbelievable season he had last year. Right. Over 100 runs, over 100 RBIs, 33, 33 home runs. Oh, God, He's got the I mean, pedigree. I mean, it's all there. So yeah, why would ADP it go? 33 right now. He had a 939 OPS last year. His walk percentage, you know, is over 10. Swing strike percentage, super low, 7.9%. This guy's a stud. I mean, he, he could easily be right up there in the mix with those top guys. I love that ADP of 33. <sighs> There may be a small regression, but I, I don't think the regression is going to be so bad where he's not a top, you know, th- four or five shortstop here. A guy you have in your top 10, I don't, is Marcus Simeon. Yes. Why? Yeah, Simeon, incredible year last year. Uh, what I really like is Simeon's uh, walk rate jumped 3% last year. He's not going to give you a ton of average, so 255 to 260. Um, is, is kind of where he's going to be at for batting average. What I really, really like, and it's been his issue, you know, going back to two, three years ago, is K percentage continued to drop. Went from 22% to 18% to just 13% last year. So it seems like he's figured it out at the plate. 33 home runs, 123 runs, 93 RBIs. I've talked about that Oakland lineup. ADP right now is 79. I, I think if you're drafting him as... As you know, there's eight shortstops still that are go- that are gone basically, and Simeon's there. I think he's going to be dependable for you. I think where there's going to be a little bit of a regression. I don't see 33 home runs again, mm. uh, but there's also some of these numbers that back it up that it could be that. So he, he's he's obviously gotten rid of the strikeout problem. So maybe this is his time. Well, this is clearly just a roto versus otherwise base divide. Because I have Mondesi in the top 10. You have Simeon. I don't have Simeon. You don't have Mondesi. That's it. Yeah. Mondesi is definitely a top 10 shortstop in Roto. There's no argument from anybody on that. But this is just an overall view of our rankings. Yeah. Isn't it so interesting that, like, uh, you know, it's different. Fantasy baseball is so different than any other sports because of different ways you can play. You know, so much variety. There's so much variety. There's so many different statistics that you can have, different categories that you can have. So I'm not as versed when it comes to Roto, and I and that's why Mondesi is in your top 10 and he's not in my top 10. Well, Mondesi has uh, only played 102 games in a season so far, and there is a lot to be desired with his health. There's been a lot of inconsistency, but he steals a great amount. I mean, he had 43 steals in 102 games last year. That's crazy. That is that is a rare pace we see. I just wonder if his strikeouts are a problem. 29% K rate last year, basically 30. Uh, that can get better, though. He's only 24. He won't be 25 until July. Had a 357 BABIP last year, which is fairly high. And he still only hit 263. Hmm. What do you make of that? He's not hitting the ball very hard, and he's maybe hitting rollers just to, you know, the third baseman or the pitcher. He's just not hitting it hard enough. And a 291 OBP to go with a 4% walk rate. I'd have to look into it if, so. if he like, how many, like, infield fly balls he had. <laughs> yeah, well, that's fair. Absolutely. But, I mean, that, that says it all. 291 on base with a 4% walk rate. He just doesn't walk. And The guy's super young, though. He's, what, 22, 23 years old? He's so 24. He's still learning so. how to hit. Absolutely. I I think he's, like you said, it's just like Benintendi. These guys are still growing up in the game. And, but these are guys that have been around for a minute. We start to write them off a little bit because it seems like they've been here forever. But there's a progression in baseball and more than a, any other sport, a massive learning curve. Some, not everybody can be Juan Soto, you know? 
And the Dodgers and Lima win four to nothing. Lima drops down on his right knee, giving thanks. Then a big hug around the shoulders of Brent Main. Now another big hug from Milton Bradley. And it's lineup time. It is hug time. And it is definitely Lima time at Dodger Stadium. Do you believe in these players or not? Me and Deary, we're always believers. We have guys we love. It's shortstop this year. Look who it is. It's Jonathan VR again. Deary loves VR, man. You just said it, so you basically yeah, hey, I, mean, I just already, want to add to that, really. I already yeah, I don't really need to add to that one. Yeah. Um, but Paul DeJong is an interesting name because you you are a big believer in DeJong. So why? Yeah, so Paul DeJong last year, 159 games. Guy hit 30 home runs, 97 runs, 78 RBIs. We'll give you some stolen bases with nine. His walk percentage has continued to climb. Uh, he's not going to give you a ton of batting average, but all the projections, last year he batted 233. All the projections have him batting closer to 250, 260 this year because that's what he did all the way through the minors. Uh, I, I, I like Paul DeJong a little better than you know some of these other guys. I mean, DeJong is... ADP 187, kind of looking at other guys around there. Scott Kingery is around there. I think I'd probably go with DeYoung over Kingery. Um, main reason there, uh, DeYoung's going to get on base a little better, nice, uh, a better walk rate, and doesn't his swing, uh, swing, swinging strike percentage is a lot less than Kingery. Uh, so I think Paul DeYoung's a guy I, I, I like. Uh, I like him over a Jorge Polanco, you know, Danny Santana's. Uh, wow. Well, definitely over Danny, but Jorge, I don't know about that. I love Jorge Polanco, and he's only ascending. That's my opinion. But I would take, if it was to me and DeJong and Polanco were in a near similar area, I'm taking Polanco all day. Yeah, I think they're kind of, I think they're pretty similar players. Uh, oh, Polanco could hit 300, though. Yeah, I mean, where's Polanco going to bat in that lineup? I think that matters well, a lot. If he bats near the top of that lineup, he's going to have... Shit, he could have 130 runs in that crazy. Lineup. He did last year. He yeah. was in the upper ends of the lineup. So he had 100. Yeah, he had 107 runs last year. Yeah, 22 it, home runs, and he's he's still young too. And apparently, this is news too. I know this is he had an injury that he tried to play through all last year with his ankle, and he says he's healthy now. He had surgery in the off season, so well, that's even better news. Who I, knows? I'm glad Polanco got uh, brought up because I wrote this in my notes. Uh, so the guy has speed, but his his stolen base rate was sixty two percent. That needs to improve, and he can be a real, real steal, you know, in you know eighth, ninth round if he can, you know, fix that uh, stolen base rate and get it up higher, closer to seventy five or eighty percent. Absolutely, he helped me win a championship in Bless You Boys last year. I drafted him late in the draft, and I had him on my team the whole season, never let him go. And even when it got bogus towards the later part of the year, he was just very dependable. So. Jorge Polanco, despite having a PED suspension, those things happen. He proved that he's more than PEDs. He's got natural talent. It'll be interesting to see how those uh, two players progress as the season goes on. I'll, I'll see who ends up being the better guy. You like Polanco? I like DeJong. Well, that's why we record these things, so we can go back and find out who's an idiot. Believe it! Corey Seager, believe it. It's simple. Corey Seager is a very talented player. He's had a lot of injuries he's dealt with. He's not permanently injury-prone. There's a big difference between somebody who's injury-prone and somebody who's coming off injuries. And even if they were injury-prone, it's not forever. So Corey Seager's going to be fine this year. He's in a great lineup. Oh, it's so good. They're going to win a lot of games. 
I think Corey Seager's just getting going. He's only 25 years old. He's got his whole career ahead of him. I absolutely agree with that. I mean, two years ago, he showed us how good he really can be. And, you know, he's had some hiccups the last couple of years. But uh, baseball's a fickle sport. So I'm on board with Seager all day. What's the ADP on Seager? I don't have it in front of me. Well, according to uh, what we're hearing, he's being drafted later in drafts around 135 on average. Though that can vary Mm. a lot depending on the type of Mm -hmm. ESPN, CBS... Uh, he's going 110 in ESPN, which just was released their rankings the most recently. So that shows you that there is a, a rising tide for Corey Seager. Because ESPN was one of the last ADPs to be added to this Fantasy Pros ADP. Overall. I can see that. I'm so buying. I, I think everyone's buying Seager now. So hopefully you don't get burned on that. But I'm with you. Believe in Seager and then believe believe in Segura. John? John? Segura. Gene? John? Gene. Gene. Hello, Gene. I believe in Gene. Mean Gene. You know what I mean? Mean Gene. Oh, Mean Gene Oakland. We had some great uh, wrestling talk. He's dead, right? Mean Gene's dead? Yeah, he Yeah, he's dead. Uh, Gene Segura's first year in Philly did not go according to plan. But then again, nothing went right for Philly last year. Nothing went according to plan. I think year two, he's turning 30 years old now. He's not going to give you a lot of home runs. His career high is 20 home runs with the Diamondbacks in 2016. But he can hit for average. He hit 280 last year. He hit 300 or above the last two years prior to that. I think he returns to that. There was a lot of talk about how the hitting coach was messing up everybody's swing, in particular Reese Hoskins, by the way. He's gone. You got Joe <laughs> Girardi in there now. I think this is a guy who was a top 100 player once upon a time. And the stolen bases have gone down. He only stole 10 last year when he was stealing 22 and 20 the previous two years. But if the steals pick up again, it's worth a flyer. So believe in John Segura. I'd buy. There it is. See, folks? Believe it. The Walking Dead. Zombies eating your brains. These are the people who will ruin your day. And when it comes to shortstops, there's always a plenty of them. Uh, in my opinion... Some names stand out, and one of them that you mentioned was actually Paul DeJong. So I challenge oh, no. you on your... You love DeJong. You oh. believe in DeJong. I think DeJong's a zombie. I can't. So that's oh, why I can't wait for no. the season to start. Okay. I also think Didi Gregorius, don't buy on that. Don't buy on Didi. He loved Yankee Stadium. He was known as a defender really coming up. He wasn't known for his bat, right? Those stats in New York are not real. Exactly. And D- now he's going Didi to... is the walking dead. Exactly. The, and... the guy does not walk. He's going to have a super low... Uh, batting average. He's going to strike out a ton. What he did in New York, especially his second year there, when he just went off for like three months, that will never, ever return. He just had a special moment, but the guy is not <laughs> hes not a super stud. It's not going to return. I believe him being the Walking Dead. Goodbye, Sir Didi. One moment in time. That's what it was. That's all it was. Tribute. All right, and then I think Tim Anderson might be a zombie. He might be the Walking Dead this year. Defending AL batting champ? Are we buying Tim Anderson? Are we? I don't think so. What's ADP on him? Well, Tim has been drafted right around uh, 100 and then inside 100, depending on who you talk to. But for me, Tim Anderson is not a top 100 pick, but he's going around 106 on average. Yeah, I mean, he's going to bat at the start of that lineup, so he's going to have a ton of runs. He's not going to give you a ton of pop. 
Stolen bases are there. I don't see him competing for the batting title, but who knows? I mean, it could be the real the real deal. Um, I just I, it's another. It's kind of like Marte. I got to see him yeah. prove it to me. But yeah. So when we say notice, Walking Dead, it's not like these guys aren't rosterable. But no, 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 no. I I I'd be worried if Tim Anderson super regression this year. Yeah, at their ADP and where they're being valued, this is zombie value. That's what it is. Attention, game word shoppers. Okay, shoppers, yay! Check out aisle nine. We've got actually this would be funnier to say aisle six because it's shortstop. Get it? Ha <laughs> ha! Number six. All right. So in aisle six, dearie, who are some delicious items? Delicious available? items he talks about. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, just kind of looking deep dive and looking at some bargain bin guys. Uh, there's a few guys I'm going to mention here. Dansby Swanson. So obviously, super prospect for Atlanta. Really hasn't panned out to be the superstar. Number one overall pick. But he's a Turning into a solid MLB player, I think he has a chance to really break out. So ADP 261, had a lot better season last year, 17 home runs, 77 runs, 65 RBIs. His walk rate has started to improve a little bit. He's starting to take down some of the strikeouts. What I need to see from him is a better OPS, OPS of 748. But like I said, he's average draft pick right now, 261. Love that lineup in Atlanta. He will be batting near the end of the lineup, but there's going to be a ton of guys on base when he gets up there. He has a chance to get close to, you know, 80 RBIs and 85 runs. That's not bad for a guy who's going to be drafted as late as he is. So I think he's a bargain bin guy for you. Nothing like a bargain bin. There's some great deals in that bargain bin. If you keep shopping, moving down the aisle with your basket, you'll find some even deeper bargains. And to me... I see Adam Frazier as a bargain. Adam Frazier is a second baseman for the Pirates. In case you didn't know, he had over 600 at-bats last year. So he gets all the playing time. He's 28 years old. He batted 278 last year in 2019. And then in 2018, he batted 277. Very consistent. Same OBP. His K rate is pretty low. His walk rate is so-so. It's not terrible. It's not great. And I think he's just somebody that you can get way late. As a This will be a waiver pick. Depending on how deep your league is, you might be picking them up, filling in for injuries. But if you have a deep league, this is someone who is draftable way later because he's way down the list in ADP. So I wouldn't be surprised if you're like, why the hell are you talking about Adam Frazier? Well, no, he's, he's similar to a guy like Kevin Newman, also with the Pirates. Uh, you know, Newman's a guy who's, who's still young, only 26 years old. And if he can get some more power in that bat, only 12 home runs last year, he's a chance to, to be a 2020 guy because he's going to give you some steals. Guy has incredible Z contact. So, you know... Those are two guys that, uh, you know, the Pirates, young team, I mean, bargain bin shopping right here. could be uh, happening in Pittsburgh. Hmm, I love that. That's a turn two combination of Newman and Frazier. Isn't that fun? I like it. I like it, too. And then lastly, uh, what about J.P. Crawford? J.P. Crawford, very highly touted prospect coming out of the Phillies organization. Didn't quite pan out, right? Things. Uh... J.P. Crawford sucks, Mike. Really? Yeah. Why? He's going to strike out every time he comes up to bat. Oh, man. I know. Superstar prospect. I'm not believing, but tell me why I should believe in him as being a bargain bin guy. Because uh, he's got a little bit of pop. I know he had seven home runs in 93 games. It doesn't look good. <laughs> okay, here's the truth. Uh, I don't have a lot of stats to prove my story. I just liked a little sample I saw last year okay. and late in the fantasy season, and he helped me out. He, mm-hmm. could, he stole in a bunch that helped, and even though he only had five last year, it helped in that moment. He does have an 11% walk rate, which is nice, so he can he has a good eye, 
I just wonder if he can cut down on the strikeouts, which he has at times. I mean, it's down to 21% last year, which is better than it was, Deary. It was. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the thing is, the guy's, what, 25 years old? Right, uh, he's still learning the game Obviously still. a very talented prospect. Sometimes it takes these guys four or five years. I mean, maybe he was brought up too early. He's been shipped around a, co- a, a couple times here in the last few years. And they're going to uh, let him play, too. The Mariners suck, so it's just like, God, go ahead The Mariners and play. are so bad. Yeah. They are a bad team. Him so. and Shed Long are going to be the two the double play combo there and they're just going to be bad. So bad, he's going to get the at bats and you know maybe maybe this year isn't his year but maybe next year I mean he, this is deep bargain bin. I'm talking I mean we're way down the clearance section. Yeah, here, you're talking so. uh, waiver here. Yeah. I wish I knew how to quit you. Can't quit you. You know it. There's those players you just can't quit. Deary, I know you got a guy. You just can't let I mean he tantalizes at times, but why can't you quit Elvis Andrews? Yeah, Elvis Andrews does it again last year. 31 stolen bases. He hadn't stolen over 30 since 2013. Um, <laughs> I mean, the guy's not going to give you a ton of home runs, but I love those stolen bases. Uh, you know, 81, 81 runs last year, 275 average. He's just kind of a solid guy. And Elvis is someone I just cannot quit. I cannot quit Elvis Andrews. I can easily quit him. That's fine by me, but... I understand. I understand what it feels like to not be able to let go because Alex Bregman is someone I can't quit. Now, obviously, he's very highly touted, (laughs) but he's one of the hated Astros. And did, even though he was the number two overall pick in the MLB draft, did he maximize his value off cheating? He's been accused of being part of the buzzer system. It's tough because I love this guy until this cheating scandal came out. But I can't quit him. I just can't let it go. I won't. The more and more I'm thinking about this, I truly think the buzzers were real. Oh, hell yeah, they were. They had to have been. I mean, I mentioned the story to you earlier that, uh, you know, broke today was that uh, in the 2017 World Series, Clayton Kershaw had 51 breaking balls and not one was swung at. Yeah, that seems impossible. That's insane. His best pitch, his killer yellow hammer pitch that knocks everybody out. Nobody swung at it. That's so there's no way that trash can is getting hit every time. I gotta believe that. I gotta believe those buzzers were real. That was some of the most damning evidence I've heard, no doubt about it. Two other plays I can't quit. I'm just throwing them together. Colton Wong and Jerickson Profar. I can't quit those two guys. They've been disappointments because they've lacked playing time. They've had highly touted status, and then they've been hurt at times. They haven't met expectations simply by their play. But I still believe in both these guys. Wong showed some progress last year, stole some more bases, hit for a better average, got some more playing time. It was exciting. And Profar is now in San Diego in a fun lineup where they're saying he'll exclusively play second. And he's been thrown around so much as a utility player that I wonder if it messed up his development in any way. He just couldn't get comfortable in a groove in one area. You know what I mean? He's Profar has been a guy who's just been up and down, up and down between the minors and the majors. You know, when he was first coming out, he's moved on to a couple different teams. I mean, people are buying in on him, saying this is the year, this isn't the year. Who is Jerickson Profar, and can he give you any type of fantasy value? I think he's a guy who's a good major league player. Maybe now change the scenery playing out in San Diego. Maybe it's time. Boy, I hope so, because I can't quit him.
It's Shiner Ride the Pine Time. It's our speed round. We love this, dearie. It's a lot of fun. What we're going to do is we got 15 guys, right? And it's either over or under. That simple, right? Yeah, that simple. We got 15 guys here, Mike. You ready? Let's do it. All right, Carlos Correa. Over under 130 games, he has averaged 98 games the last three years. Definitely over. Lock it in. All right. Xander Bogarts, we talked about how incredible of a season he had last year. Over under 100 RBIs and 100 runs. Lock it in. Both of them. Love it. Boba top prospect here for the Blue Jays. 90 runs, 20 home runs, 80 RBIs, 20 stolen bases. How many of those are over-unders? Okay, uh, 90 runs, I'll take the over because he's going to lead off. Uh, 20 home runs, I will take the over because the ball's juiced. 80 RBIs, I will take the under because he's leading off. And then 20 steals, I'm taking the under. I think he can steal, and I know he's leading off, but I wonder if... He might fall a little short of that. Yeah, I'd be on board with uh, over on runs and home runs. He's a nice player. Javi Baez, guy never walks. Over under 32 walks. This is so funny. I just I was reading this before you said it. 32 walks. Isn't that insane? seems so easy. I know. But it's uh, not. Uh, <laughs> it's not for him. Oh, man. Let's say, let's just, let's just say he magically develops this year and he goes over. Yeah, he did it. He can do it. You can do it, Javi. 33 walks. I know you can do guy it. Guy swings at everything, either misses or mashes. What an interesting player. Jose Altuve, over under 15 steals. Is he healthy enough to get over 15 steals this year? I say over, definitely. Only because he'll be angry when he does get on base. If he's healthy, he'll want to run. And I believe he's healthy at least. Maybe not mentally, but physically he's ready to go. I'm taking the over. Okay. One of our favorite Braves. Uh, I'm pretty sure I know where you're going with this. Ozzy Elby's over 100 runs. Book it. Gavin Lux, rookie for the Dodgers. Over under 261 average in full-time duty. Hmm. What do you think, Rich? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to say over. I like I like Lux. I think he can hit 270 or better. I like it. Jose Barrios, ERA under 3.90. His ERA has been under 3.90 every year in the majors. Ah, man. I've been ripping on Barrios because I don't buy into him, but 390? Uh, I think it's under 390. I, I think I'm going to say the under. Gotcha. Benintendi, we just talked about him leading off now, so I think this turns into garbage. Over under 80 RBIs. Well, so let me change this. Okay. Over under 100 runs. I'll take the over. I really believe he's going to have a nice little season. I'll take the over. Okay. Your favorite player, Jonathan VR, over under 33 stolen bases. <laughs> well, it's the one thing he does well, so I'll take the over. Yes. Minnesota Twins set the major league record last year for home runs over 300. Will they have over 285 this year, over under? Well, they've added Josh Donaldson, and Sano's healthy for a full year. So <laughs> uh, this is also a game of luck. Oh, boy, this is tough. The ball, If the ball is still juiced and we have no reason to think it's not yet, i got to say over. I'm going over. Back-to-back 300 home run seasons. Okay. Next, Sud Super Stud, superstar prospect for the White Sox. Should be healthy this year. Michael Kopesh, ERA over under 4.48, but he also must pitch 80 innings for that to qualify. Well, I think he'll get 80. I think maybe they'll give him 100 innings, hopefully. And I'm going to say it's over. Okay. A few fun ones here to end. Two t- 2020 MLB PED suspensions over under five. There were <laughs> six in 2019. Six last year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the over. 
Ooh, I think wow. players are really looking for that angle. Still looking Gene for that angle. Never huh? dies. All right, love it. All right, back to the Astros. Uh, Astros over under three bench clearing brawls this year. I'm gonna take the under. I think even though people are ripping on them publicly, there's a lot of baseball players who are like, oh, we don't want that to be us someday, and they're not gonna retaliate. They're gonna feel bad for them eventually. Yeah, I agree with this one. I mean, I, I talk about it all the time. Oh man, they're, they're gonna get beaned all the time. There's gonna be tons of brawls, but I don't think I really think that. These guys are professionals. Yep. It's gonna look even worse if they start charging the mound. So agreed. All right, last one. Our old friend Kevin Costner. Um, what? Kevin Costner baseball movies over the next ten years. I set the over under at one. Will he appear in a baseball movie in the next ten years? It's been he, a hot minute. He will not appear in a baseball movie. He's focused on westerns until he's dead. Now, baseball's in the past for him, unfortunately. Okay. Woo, man, that was fun. Thanks, dearie. I really enjoyed that. Some interesting tidbits. Some fascinating pieces of info. What will happen in 2020? Gosh, I can't wait for this darn season to get going. You've got mail. But in the meantime, we've got your mail. So today we've got two pieces of mail with very intricate questions. So let's get right to them. Mailbag number one, Joel checks in and says, Hey, Mike, thanks for spending time on my crucial 2020 fantasy baseball question about shortstops. Hoping to hear Deary's take on those three guys when you record the middle infield episode. Well, I forgot your question from last week, so hopefully we covered that. <laughs> Sorry, Joel. Uh, if we didn't, write us another question. Uh, you, I, I, I'm pretty so. Joel just got added to a, a league that I play in. Um, yeah, I think okay. he wanted to know my take on Simeon because uh, he actually said that Simeon was uh, up for. Tr- he was up on the block for trade, and I texted him. I go, "Don't trade Simeon because the rest of your team is trash. He's probably your best player." Wow. <laughs> Sorry, Joel. I love you, but uh, you took over a real rough team. <laughs> Okay, so part one from Joel. In your opinion, what are the most relevant advanced stats to focus on when evaluating fantasy players? There are so many available nowadays, but do you have a new favorite or a few favorites? Interesting. Uh, you know, me personally, uh, what's advanced now? Are we talking like all the <laughs> stat cast stuff, like ex-woba and ex-betting average and expecting slugging? Uh Exit velocity. I don't know. What about you, Deary? What are some that you rely on consistently? Well, it's kind of the go-tos that I talk about on this pod when I build out my tiers. Uh, looking at starting pitching, uh, you know, how many swinging strikes are they get? What is their swinging strike percentage? And left left on base percentage, I like those a lot. Um, walks per nine and K per nine, I like a lot. Mm. Uh, for hitters, uh, I also like swinging strike rate for hitters. Uh Walk percentage is nice. Um, I talk about Z contact a lot. I don't know if it really plays into in, zone contact. Yeah, zone contact. I don't know if it really plays into uh, you know how good a guy is because I'm you know looking at this right here. Um, Jorge Polanco's Z contact ninety percent. Wow, that's the best out of any shortstop besides Lindor. Lindor is ninety one percent. But a look look at a guy like Javi Baez seventy nine percent. That's pretty low. Hmm. But he also has a BABIP of 345. So, like, what the hell's going on here? What the hell's going on here? Advanced stats are complicated, Joel. I like stats like, uh, you know, outside zone swinging percentage where you get people who show you on specific pitches how valuable they are. Yeah. And you can break it down yeah. by pitch on yeah. StatCast, on fan graphs, with uh, O-swing percentage. Yeah. The Things pit- like that show you how well DJ LeMayhew is as a player. Yeah, that's true, too. But then on the flip side, pitchers, it shows you which pitchers have really nasty stuff. Like the, what was it, our starting pitching podcast where we did the top 10 pitches that were 
most missed, like they were, or the most undervalued pitches. Even though these are pitchers like Herman Marquez who struggled, especially at home, he mm-hmm. had one of the nastiest pitches in baseball. So that helps with that. And I think um, X Woba is a fun one too. I, I like Woba a lot. Woba's fun. So throw in some Woba for offense. Woba. But there are just so many choices, Joel. I, I don't want to make your brain explode. <laughs> you could really go down a wormhole with it. Yeah, I mean, I know who you are. You know, you went to medical school. You're smarter than us. So come on, <laughs> you know, you know better. So. Okay, part two. Uh, does David Price in LA improve, worsen, or status quo? His fantasy forecast for 2020 uh, could be good or bad or just a wash. 14 team, 10 keeper league, ERA, whip, K9, quality starts. Keeper worthy or not? This is ERA, whip, K9, and quality starts. Is he keeper worthy? I'm going to bring up Joel's team right now. Yeah, you might as well. You're in the league. Bring up, get in there. So in the meantime, I'll say David Price is someone that people are high on now because he's in L.A., fun pitcher's park. Uh, there are going to be a lot of wins, so that doesn't help you because you're doing quality starts. His K per nine has always been great. Uh, if he's healthy, I think he's definitely a keeper. Now, we don't know many, how many pitchers you have. I don't think he gets any worse. I only think he gets better or he stays the same. So here's Joel's pitching staff right now. Um so he has to keep 10 players. Mm-hmm. Two of them have to be pitchers. So he has to keep two pitchers. Now, Joel doesn't have any relief pitching. Um, he had a couple guys that got holds last year. We have holds in this league. So really it comes down to just a few guys for pitchers. He's got Zach Grinke, Mike Miner, David Price, Yanni Chirinos, and Cole Hamels. His yeah, pitch- I keep uh, Grinke and Price. That's easy. Okay. Yeah, I don't think Miner has the same season that he had last year. Plus, Price is going to at least give you a K-rate over 10. Yep. Um, which you're not going to get from Grinky. Um Yeah, Joel, I'm, I'm, I feel bad, Joel, because we, we've been uh, killing Eduardo Escobar, who's on your team. Uh, Marcus Simeon, Mike doesn't love too much. Charlie Blackman's on your team. We've been killing him. <laughs> Paul DeYoung's on your team. We've been killing uh, Mike's Aww. been killing him. Here's what I like about your team. You got J.D. Martinez, so he's going to give you your solid 40 and 100. Um, Suarez, if he's healthy, he's going to be really good for you. Hopefully, Tim Anderson can, can repeat his season. I know you've been making moves, Joel. I'm rooting for you. You got a great fantasy name, the Trash Can Bangers. Got to love that name. So uh, thanks for the thanks for the email. But yeah, I'd, I'd agree with Mike. Uh, you're probably keeping uh, Grinky in price. Okay, in closing, Joel says, you might want to start the restraining order process on Ricardo Montalban. He really seems to be getting attached to you guys, especially Govier. Stay safe. Thanks, Joel from the Great White North. Thanks, Joel. Guess who's the next email is? Ricardo. It's from Ricardo Montalban. All right. He asked in a 10-parter. This time it's a 10-parter probably. I don't know. Ten, uh, holy shit. No, yeah. I mean, it's not a 10-parter, but it might, it might as well be. This is a long paragraph. Here we go. Number one. Glaber or Hira, which has the higher fantasy upside? Well, it's real simple. I like Hira, but if you're asking between the two as a finer, higher upside, Deary, do you see uh, Glaber being the higher upside player? Yeah, I would, I'd take Glaber. Okay, Glaber's only 22, and he kills the Orioles, as we know, but that wasn't all of his home runs. It was only <laughs> half. It was only half his home run. I mean, the guy's going to bat in the middle of an unbelievable lineup, so yeah. I mean, 35 home runs, 100 runs, hard and 20 to 130 RBIs if he plays all year. So They both play at great hitter's parks, so that's fun for both of them. Uh, and depending on the league, they both have second base eligibility, so Glaber would probably be the better player at second base. But Hira can give you some steals, so if it's Roto, and I know you probably don't play in a Roto league, but if it is, Hira gives me more value in Roto. 
All right, number two. How many years before Altuve crashes and burns? <laughs> Any feelings on if the constant booze and harassment will eventually get to the Astros throughout the year? Well, I think we've covered some of that. Um, and I think we've covered Altuve pretty clearly in this pod. Anything else to say about Altuve, Deary? No, I don't think so. I'm just really interested to see what type of season he has. I think we're all waiting, Rich. What else can we say? We've said it all. You know what we think. You, we are ready to find out what the results will be. Uh, part three. Gallo or Conforto? Ooh. Michael Conforto or Joey Gallo? Drop one and pick up one scenario. Who you got? What does that mean, pick up one scenario? Drop one and pick up pick one. Pick one up. So you're dropping... You what? drop one and you pick up one. So you're either dropping one oh, of those guys oh, okay, to pick up okay. one of them. Okay. You either have Conforto and you're dropping him to pick up Gallo, or you have Gallo and you're oh, dropping him to pick up around? Conforto. So yeah. basically, who would I... Who would you rather have? I'd rather have Joey Gallo. Yeah, this uh, depends on the league again, but these are actually... OBP and OPS leagues, these guys... Gallo's probably a slightly better player. He is. There's no doubt about it. And he hits more home runs. Conforto, if he can give you a whole healthy season, he can sometimes hit for a little more average, but he is very good OBP. Conforto can give you a 400 on base if he has a good year. I like Gallo better, though. I have to agree with Deary. Part four. Greasy Dave in Livingston County thinks this could be Rugnet Odor's year. Is he batshit crazy, or is it just me? Rugnet Odor sucks. Yeah, Greasy Dave. Rugnet Odor sucks. That's it. Yeah, he's going to bat 210, 215. <laughs> yeah. Never walk ever. No, the best. Uh, he's going to be remembered for knocking out Joey Bats. That's going to be it. We got to put together our all never walk team, right? Isn't that something <laughs> we, we definitely need to do? That no doubt about it. Absolutely. And then number five, <laughs> Cheez Its or Nacho Doritos? Which is the better sandwich compliment? Ooh, this is to put on a sandwich or a compliment? Like you know, oh, like put oh, on you get oh, a paper okay. plate, you make a sandwich, and you put some Cheez Its or. Nacho Doritos next to it. What do you Na- got? Nacho Doritos, man. All day. No I like, way. I like Cheez-Its. I like the uh, the extra toasty Cheez-Its. What? No, classic Cheez-Its all the way. Um, they're both good, but I, I I like the crunch a little more of a, a Nacho Dorito. Uh, Cheez-Its, if you put too many Cheez-Its in your mouth, it's it's like having clay in your mouth and it's hard to chew. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you could fit a whole bag of Doritos in your mouth. You, you, you can get that down pretty easy. So, I'll go with Nacho Doritos. Cheez-Its are much saltier and they'll kill you faster. They're, they're much worse for you, Oh, God, they're so salty. But I yeah. love how salty they are and they're cheesy and they're not real. It's not food. Neither one of these are food. So, give me the Cheez-Its all day at... I do get quite nasty heartburn from them. I don't get heartburn much, but Cheez-Its will give me bad heartburn. So I'm willing to pay the price as long as there's some Tagamit, you know, or whatever around available. Just don't take Zantac, Mike. Oh, that's right. It'll kill you. Generic Zantac is uh, cancer-ridden. Yeah, my wife stopped taking it. Wow. She had to move on to something new. Well, there you have it, Rich. That's our email. We just found out some interesting information. Thank you so much for the two emails we got today, which were really like five emails because they were so in-depth. If you want to hit us up, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com or Palazzo Podcast on Twitter, two L's, two Z's. Well, that's going to do it for the show, dearie. We're done. We've wrapped it up. What do you think? That was a lot of fun. We got a whole new setup here, so I, I really like that. I can actually see you a little better while we're doing this pod. Yeah, it's like we're kind of talking uh, to each other now. The Twitter feed, you know, the live video can actually see both of us. So, yeah, I don't know uh, if it's going anymore, but we've oh, been okay. here for like three hours. But cool. 
Yeah, yeah, this was exciting. Uh, what do we got left here? Outfielders? Yeah. That, that, that'll be a long one. There's a lot of outfielders out there. That's for the ranking-wise. We've covered every other position. Yeah. Well, do we do? Yeah, we doubled up on catchers and relief pitchers. Yeah, yeah we'll we're good to go. Yeah. yeah, cool. We'll close out outfielders next week. And then, uh, you know, we'll be way deep into spring training as March rolls in. And we'll really get ready for a lot of drafts that will be finishing and starting. So we'll have more information on that. We can talk more in depth about it. Uh, TGFBI, you guys keep on rocking. We got a long way to go still. <laughs> but uh, <we're laughs> So my, my first draft will be March 15th. So I'm wondering oh, okay. if, if you will be done with that draft by March 15th. <laughs> that Yeah, we should put an over-under on that. You guys, put some bets on that now if you guys are gambling fanatics. Will our draft in TGFBI be done by Deary's Draft March 15th? Stay tuned for that and more. This has been the Hey, It's Enrico Palazzo Baseball Podcast, Episode 6, Shortstops and Second Baseman. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Michael Govier. That's Christopher Deary. We'll see ya. of being upsold at gyms my guy you're currently a base member for 90 dollars more i can upgrade you to our shred membership for 130 more you'll be a swole member and for just 300 more you'll reach sweat platinum at planet fitness you'll get energy without the upsell never pushy always free fitness training and equipment for every workout it's fitness that fits your budget join planet fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month cancel anytime deal ends friday may 10th see home club for details